Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. You believe that this morning, that there's power in the name of Jesus? Let's give it up for our choir this morning. Hallelujah. I'm excited to be here today. This is a, 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 like, on notice. I'm sick. Can you fill in? I go, well, you have to be ready in season and out. Amen. And so I want to say to Pastor Mark today, we pray to God that you're getting better and getting well. And it's, it's good to be a standby. Amen. Hallelujah, and I thank God for our, for our choir today and, and, the, and, the, and what they're doing here in this church. I'm excited today that it says think, that in the name of Jesus there's power, and we've found out lately that there is no power in the, in the Republicans or the Democrats. We found out that if there's ever a time in America that we can be shaken, it is right now. I thank God that I'm not shaken today because I put my trust in the Lord. And I've got a feeling that everything's going to be all right. The Bible simply says that unless the Lord builds a house, the laborers labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over America, then there is no watchman over America. And so I've come today to encourage you and to, and to give you hope that God is still on the throne today. Amen. And so today my assignment is unshakable faith. Is there anybody that's had your faith shaken ever in life? where you had something that was going on and something hit your life and shook your faith. As I got up this morning to walk through the closet, I was going to put on a, just a simple pair of jeans and kind of be the jean kind of preacher, but I was reminded of a year ago, I did my brother's eulogy wearing this suit. When I put this suit on, I, my, as I was doing my brother's eulogy, my faith was shaken because I had prayed for over a year for three and four times a day that God would heal my brother of cancer. And ironically, my brother's favorite scripture in the entire world and in the Bible was simply that, by his stripes I am healed in Isaiah. And every day we would talk about that, and I would pray the prayer of Isaiah over my brother that he said to Isaiah that get your house in order for you're not going to live. And then Isaiah went to God in prayer, and the Lord sent a messenger back and says, go and tell Isaiah uh, that uh, Hezekiah, rather, that I'm not going to take his life. I'm going to add 15 years to his life. And so when I put this suit on, I'm reminded of doing my brother's eulogy. And, and as I put this on today, the Lord said, how can you preach to them to have unshakable faith when you want to stay away from wearing that suit because it's a reminder of your pain? And so today I threw this suit on, and I'm going to preach about unshakable faith today. Is that all right? And I want you to understand something that ever since man has left the garden, when they were kicked out of the garden, there's been a longing to go back to the garden. That is your biggest problem today. You think you want a new car, a new house, or whatever. When that's said and done, there's still going to be a longing in your heart. You still want to go back to the garden. That's why we want to go today, is back to the garden and be in the presence of God. And so I have discovered that the greatest waste in the whole wide world is living below God's purpose for our lives. Can I get an amen right there? And most of the time, we're not there because of a lack of faith. And if you don't have any faith, the Bible said it is absolutely impossible to please God without faith. And so we want to look at a few scriptures today, and I want to talk to you about what faith sounds like. 
And then I'm going to put you in a faith mode with a woman, a, Canaan, a Canaanite woman who had great faith. But I'm excited again, Pastor Mark, to come and help out here at Mosaic Church. I believe that is a church that's on the rise. You're sitting in these chairs today because a man had faith to come and to build again. Can somebody say amen? And so if you're sitting here today, you're going to have to have great faith that you're not just going to sit here like a bump on a log, but you're going to help the place grow. Yeah, that's why you're here. I have faith that I'm here because I'm going to help it grow. It's going to be something phenomenal, and I'm going to be a part of a phenomenon in the atmosphere. And so as we look at Psalms chapter 16 and verse 8, it says, I keep my eyes always on the Democrats. What does it say? I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. You see, with God on our side, we cannot be shaken. It doesn't matter what's happening in the atmosphere around us. I keep my eyes on God, and I will not be shaken. And Psalm 62 and 6 says, truly, he is my rock. Come on, somebody. He is my rock. He didn't say he's my marshmallow. He is my rock. He is something solid that I can stand on in the midst of a shaken and a divided America. Can somebody say amen? And so I turn my attention and I stand on the rock. And not only is he my rock, he is my salvation and he is my fortress and I will not be shaken. And so I come to tell you today, don't be shaken in what's going, around, uh, going on in the world today. If you turn the TV on at all, you can be shaken just listening to these people. But again, unless the Lord builds the house, unless the Lord builds America, we labor in vain. There's a word that's missing in the middle of all of these strategies and all of these things that we're talking about today on CNN and NBC and constant negative news. Can I get an amen? The one thing is missing is that they don't use the word, in God we trust. And then he said that, I am your fortress, and I did a, a little search on that. A fortress means that I am heavily protected. I'm hiding behind God, and I am heavily protected. Why? Because he is my fortress, and it is not susceptible to outside influence or disturbance. You can huff and puff all you want to, but you can't come in my world. Can I get an Amen. Oh, I feel good today because some of our faith has been shaken, and I come to tell you today that God is still on the throne. And Hebrews 11 and 1 tells us, now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And my mother was a, was a woman who uh, experienced and, and exercised great faith. My mother could walk up to an empty refrigerator. If you have 10, ten uh, sisters and four brothers, there's 15 of us. And a lot of times the refrigerator would get empty. And mama would walk up to an empty refrigerator and say, this time tomorrow, something will be in this refrigerator. And by her faith, you will see someone coming down the road bringing a few groceries. And that's why, that's why I have great faith today, because mama taught me how to have faith in God. And it's the substance of things hoped for, but you don't see it yet. And so solid faith is a foundation for your expectation. It's a foundation for your expectation. You can't be running around going, whoa, I just know God's going to do everything. And then tomorrow you get up and you go, you're crying and saying, I wonder what happened. It simply says in John, 
I am the vine, you are the branches. If you will remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit, and apart from me, you can do nothing. So God has called you to be fruitful and not fruity. He's called us to be fruitful. Can I get an amen? You're going to be fruitful if you produce faith. Faith brings about things. you got to have faith in God. you got to have faith in the system. And it sounds like to me it is impossible to please God without faith. And you can run to God all you want to when things are going good and going, Oh, thank you so much, Jesus. Well, i got news for you. He's going to do to you what he did to Doubting Thomas. Doubting Thomas came in, and he said, get over here and touch my side and see my scars. And Thomas said, whoa, you are the Savior. And he said, no, 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 Thomas, you're not picking and call Titan. You believe because you see. Blessed are they in the year 2017 in Oklahoma City that have not seen, but yet they believe. Those are the ones that's blessed, Thomas, not because you put your finger in my side. Thomas thought he was all that, and God says, no, you're, you're no, Thomas. You only believe because you see. There are some of us that we can just believe God when we have something that's going our way. But when you're fighting for something, can you believe God? How many of us know? Let me tell you something, Mr. and Mrs. Such and Much. Faith, you got to have faith. Let me tell you something. Suffering is the pathway to glory. I'll say it again. Suffering is the pathway to glory. You need to put that on your resume. It's the pathway to glory. And so we want to go back and look at a few of the people that were in the Hebrews Hall of Fame. I won't elaborate too long because I want to tell you a story about a Canaanite woman. How about Abel? He was the first martyr in the Bible. And Abel, the first person listed in the Hall of Faith is Abel. And it was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain. Who in the house today wants that on your resume? I want to take a more acceptable offering to the Mosaic Church and give to God than anybody else in the world. Don't get quiet when I'm preaching good on that. It doesn't matter if it's three mites. Come on, somebody. It doesn't matter if it's three bucks. If you gave three bucks and somebody's got a million, you gave your three, you gave more than they did. I'm trying to help somebody today. We're trying to turn an audience into an army. It's time for the Christians to get up and, and, and not be angry about something and do nothing about it. I believe the march on, on Washington yesterday was good, but I believe they're a few days late on the march. Should have marched a few months ago. I'm not mad about it. The march is not going to change America right now. The only thing that's going to change America is a revival. I believe in marches, and I believe in all this other stuff, but that ain't in my notes, so let's go to the next person, who was Enoch. The Bible says that Enoch was a man who walked with God. The next member of the Hall of Faith is Enoch, the man who walked with God. Enoch was so pleased uh, with God that he was, he was spared the experience of dying. When Enoch came on the scene, everybody in, the, in, in Noah chapter 6, I believe, or Genesis rather, they were just living and dying, living and dying, just like we are in America today. We are just living and dying. But an old boy by the name of Enoch stepped up to the pump one day. He was 65 years old when he met God out in the wilderness somewhere, and he began to walk with God. And the Bible said he had enough faith to walk with God that he walked with God for 300 years, and some of us don't have enough faith to walk with God for three minutes. He was different. For 300 years, he walked with God. And I could see Enoch going back to the camp, and they was going, Woo, I talked to God today. And they said, Enoch, settle down. 
settle down, Enoch. Nobody walks and talks with God no more. We send it away in the garden. And Enoch is going, no, no, no. I walk with God today. Y'all need to get some of this. No, settle down. Stay off the weed, Enoch. <laughs> but he had enough faith, church, to walk with him for 300 years. Well, I could take off and preach right there, but I better move on to Noah. And Noah there was the next man. He was a righteous man. Noah is the third man, the third hero named in the hall of faith. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God, who warned him about things that had never happened before. And I'm telling you right now, there are some things here, right here at Mosaic Church, that can happen that has never happened before. If we'll get some people with some spine and some backbone and some faith in God and not just talk about it, but be about it. Can I get an amen right now? We're not going to be some little Caesar McToast Krispy Kreme eating bunch of people. We're going to go by faith because if God said it, I believe it. Oh, I know it's early. I'll settle down. And then next we have Abram. Abraham, he was the father of the Jewish nation. God commanded in Genesis 22 and 2, take your son, your only son, which is a type and a shadow of Jesus Christ being the only son. And Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Morah, go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on, on one of the mountains, which I will show you. And he grabs his son, his one and only son that he loves, headed out to a mountain. And he's gathering up these, these uh, little sticks or bushes or whatever, and he's going to sacrifice him. And I could just see Isaac saying, Daddy, where's the sacrifice? Like, dude, you're it. I mean, if it's no, it takes faith to do that. Well, but he had enough faith to gather up some, some wood and gather up some things and take that whatever he was going to slice him up with. And God says, no, that's all right. I've got a ram in the bush. That's what faith will do. If you will walk it out, God will have a ram in the bush for you. I came to talk to somebody about some unshakable faith. Your marriage might be in the ditch today, but get some faith. Get some backbone. Help me, somebody. We're talking about a generation of people that will have unshakable faith. God will always give Pastor Jesse a word. I'm not really looking for a word. I'm asking God to teach me how to preach to this generation. That's what I need. He'll give me a word and has given me a word throughout, throughout the, the, the ages. He's given me a word. That's the easy thing because I know how to listen and I know how to sit down and I know how to say, God, speak to my heart today. He'll give me a word, but I'm saying God teach me to preach to a perverse and a disruptive generation of people. That's what I want to do. If it takes humor, I'll do it. If it takes backing off and taking the venom out of your sermon, I'll do it. Whatever it is, God teach me to preach to this generation because this is a new generation. You're not going to win this generation talking about the Hebrew boys in the, in the, in the fiery furnace. Help me, somebody. You're going to have to talk to this generation. And the only way we're going to do it is we're going to have to stay in this book. My little Arizona, who is quite the little, the little genius, she told me the other day, she says, Papa, when I'm reading a book, 
She says, when I get in the book, she says, she says I'm lost, Papa. She said, I, I, I'm just in the book. I'm lost and don't want to come out. I, I get all involved in the story. You had better get in here and get involved in the story, church. You need to get in the book like my little granddaughter and get down in the book and don't come out of the book. She said, Papa, when I'm in the book... I feel like I just, I'm just there and I'm walking around in the book. We need to walk around in this book. I don't need your Facebook encouragement. There are more preachers on Facebook than I've ever seen in my life. And ain't never been nowhere, ain't never done anything, and the neighbors are dying and going to hell, but you're going to send me a sermon on Facebook that makes no difference. Oh, it got quiet right there. No, let's get in this book. This is where you can save your neighbor. I'll move on to someone else. And this lady right here, and, and if Abram was the father of the Jewish nation, then Sarah had, certainly had to be the mother of the Jewish nation. Don't leave her out. Come on, ladies. All the women ought to be up going, whoa, that's what I'm screaming. Ah, because see, here's Sarah in here too. She was in the hall of faith too. It says that Sarah... The wife of Abram is one of the only two women, and the other one was, was a Canaanite prostitute that's got more faith than we do today. A Canaanite hoochie. <laughs> I'll get an email on that, but send it to Mark. <laughs> Sarah was the mother of the Jewish nation. Sarah, the wife of Abraham, is one of only two women specifically named among the heroes of faith. And it was by faith that Sarah was able to have a child through though she was barren and was too old. Sarah was going around and telling Abram, I, I really want to have this child that you're telling me about. I really want to have this child. And, and Sarah was walking around, and I don't know about some of you, but at some time, your biological clock is ticking, and Sarah's clock had blew up. Boom, gone, in the, uh, almost 100 years old here, and, and, and talking about having a baby, and it wasn't happening. And some of you, you're, some things are not happening in your life, and you decide, well, I'll just get ahead of God. Abram, go sleep with the maidservant. And Abram is saying, you know, Sarah, you and I have never agreed on very much at all. <laughs> Y'all get that on the way home, I'll leave it right there. You have not agreed, but we can do this. And then he goes out, and through the maidservant, he comes up with an Ishmael. And how many of us know that if God wants you to have an Isaac, you ought to wait on an Isaac? There are many of us right now that if you're not careful, you'll be in an Ishmael marriage. You'll be in an Ishmael business situation. You'll be in an Ishmael church. Why? Because you got ahead of God. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. I came to help you. I'm telling you right now, she got ahead of God and went out and got an, and got, uh, an Ishmael opposed to an Isaac. If you get ahead of God, you're going to have an Ishmael car in your garage opposed to an Isaac car. Y'all ain't ready. And so you got to understand that all these people with all these credentials... You see, you're saying, why did you take us through, through these people and tell us about a little bit about who they are? Because I came to tell you this morning that God says he is no respecter of persons, and heaven doesn't move until earth produces a man, woman, boy, or girl, a donkey, or whatever. Heaven doesn't move until earth produces something. Yeah. 
He can do it by himself, but he doesn't. Heaven doesn't move until earth moves and God goes, Woo, there's one right there. Give it to that old, old loud black preacher there you're going into the presence. Woo, there he is right there. It's just loud and bodacious. Come on, somebody. Give it to him. And that's when, that's when heaven moves is when earth produces a man, woman, boy, or a girl. So what are you waiting on? You don't send me you waiting on heaven. Heaven is waiting on you. Can I get an amen right there? And so the Old Testament says in Habakkuk that the just shall live by faith. And it says it three more times in the New Testament. Let me tell you what faith sounds like, church. Here's what faith sounds like, and all of us got a sound bite. Lord, this problem may not turn out like I want, but you're in control. Boy, doesn't that sound like you got a lot of faith? That's good. I like that. And then it says, my needs may never be supplied like I think they should, but you're in charge. That's what faith sounds like. And that's wonderful. And then it says, you know what is best for me, God. Therefore, I know everything will be okay. I know you will see me through. Didn't Sarah say the same thing? Did she not say that thought that God would see her through? But when he didn't do it when she wanted it and how she wanted it, she decided to do it on her own way. Step out of God's business and get you some of your own. Are we okay? I came to help somebody. Somebody say unshakable faith. And so you got to understand that we can say all these wonderful things. I know you will see me through, Jesus. You said all things work together by my good, for my good. But that's good. That, that is faith. That's what it sounds like. All of us have sound bites. All of us can say, well, greater is he that's in me than they that are in the world. I'm certainly the head and not the tail. Blessed coming and going. If God be for us, y'all know what I'm talking about. But honey, listen to me. It is no time for quoting scripture. We got to live it. The time has come for us to live the scripture. Let's look at a woman, if I can get it all in in a few moments. This was in Matthew 15, 21 through uh, 28. This is faith in action. Somebody say faith in action. In Matthew 15, 21, leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Ty and Sidon. And a Canaanite woman from that vicinity came crying out to him, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. She gave the, Jesus the circumstances. How many of us gone, have gone to Jesus with the circumstances? I've gone to Jesus with my brother with the circumstances. And that brother, Lord, here are the circumstances. My brother has got lymphoma cancer, and it's, and, it's, and it's riding through his body. Here are the circumstances, God. Can you please? help me. And Jesus, in verse 21, did not say a word. Boy, if that would have been some of us, and even me sometimes, oh, really, Jesus, you ain't going to say nothing? The Bible said he didn't say a word. Don't you feel like that sometime, church? That he hadn't said a word? He ain't saying anything? But one thing about the Christians, boy, they'll say something. Because it says, so his disciples came to him, and they said, Send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. They called her a crybaby. Jesus was quiet, and the Christians were noisy. Know anybody like that? He's quiet, you're noisy. 
Send her away. She's a crybaby. Most of us would have said, well, Jesus, I thought you were the one. But she's focused. She's on, somebody say she's on a mission. And next thing that happened is going to blow your mind. In verse 24, he answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. Oh, my goodness. Are you saying you're not here for me? No, she could have said anything. Jesus establishes his real mission first to the Jews and then to the Gentiles. And this woman is still focused. If you want a miracle or an answer from God, don't let your faith be shaken by what's going on around you. And this woman is focused, and focus is a prerequisite to your success. It simply means that it is a prior condition for something else to happen or exist. You got to have faith for something else to happen or to exist. Somebody say unshakable faith. And so the woman came and knelt before him, Lord, help me. She wasn't listening to all that, all that rigmarole. She said, no, 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 I don't care what you say, help me. And watch what Jesus says that should have sent most of us on our way to Amarillo looking for help. He replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Ooh, I know some people, if he'd have said that too, they'd have quit church. It is not right to take the children's bread and talk it, toss it to the dogs. And Jesus, in that day, the Gentiles were called dogs. And so a Gentile woman among a crowd of Jews and our Savior humiliates her with his most demanding term, one which was in the hearts of all the Jews and those that were listening, this woman simply stayed focused, recklessly taking his attention from Israel seems to violate his mission. And this would be like a father taking food from his children and tossing it to the dogs. But verse 27, yes, it is, Lord. She said, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Oh, my God, this lady, she's focused right here. She said, listen, if you want to service me as a dog, roof, roof. However you want to do it, I came to get my blessing. My faith is too strong to turn back now. My child is demon-possessed. You can tell me you didn't come for me. Your homeboys can call me a crybaby, and you can insinuate that I'm a dog, but I'm focused today. My faith is unshaken. I came for one thing and one thing only, and you will not send me away with words, deeds, or abusive actions. And so we got to stay focused. I'm standing where I am today because I'm focused in the mission that God has called me to. And, folks, I'm not happy unless somebody's lives are being changed. I just can't sit around and just, you know, I've, I've given my life to thousands and thousands of people around the world. But the one thing I don't want to do is miss my own family. And so if someone wants to come to the keyboards, how we do it? i got just a few more moments to uh, I'm going to call you, and I'm going to pray over you today. Because we are in some dynamic times in life that our faith can be really shaken. And I came to tell you that this woman had unshakable faith. I could see her saying, I acknowledge that I'm a worthless dog and not worthy that the children's bread should be given to me. Uh, a Gentile crumbs of bread which fall from the tables of their master's children. Then nourish me as a dog. I cannot leave your side because I'm on a mission. Now, what are you asking God for? You got to stay steadfast with God. The only thing God was doing in that dialogue with that woman is he was testing her faith. That's all he was doing. And some of us have been tried and tested in more ways than one. But I came to tell you today that I've got a feeling everything's going to be all right. 
If you'll just get you some faith. I don't have much else to hang on to, but I got some faith to hang on to. And Jesus, you cannot drive me away from your faith either by rough words or by blows. I will not leave you until you give me what I ask. And so today, if that's you, if you bow your heads with me right now, and I, I want to pray over you today, and you may be struggling with some faith issues today. You've asked God for some things. You've turned back and, and not done the things that God has called you to do. Stand up with me real quick, and I'm going to turn it back to Pastor Mark in just a little bit, but I want to give you an invitation today that we can pray with you and pray over you. Maybe you've lost your ability to stay in the fight Maybe you've lost your ability to love God as you once loved him. And maybe you're not so gung-ho as you used to be about God and all the, all the promises of God. The Bible said that the promises of God are yes and amen. And so we have to walk it out. And so I want to pray over you for those of you who need prayer today. Maybe you walked away from God and you're angry with God. Maybe you're just like me who had a brother that you lost, that you loved. He was your best friend. He was your everything. He was your marriage counselor. He was your comedian. He was your friend. And maybe you lost him in battle and your faith was where you thought it should be and God didn't hear you. Maybe if that's you today, I want you to find your way to one side of, the, one side of this auditorium. Someone's going to pray over you today. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, today is the day of salvation, not today. And so tell someone if you're, they're going to line up. If you need someone to pray with you today and your faith has been shaken, please go and let someone pray for you. And I thank you so much for this opportunity to be here with you today. That's Mark.